When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Pack Tribe Supper. We've got Phil Talentire, uh, Anthony Vickers, Chris Garbert, and myself, Dom Shaw. Um, Vic, Chris, I'll start with yourselves. I remember when us three recorded a podcast a few weeks ago and it was after the Sheffield United game. And it's safe to say that the atmosphere was gloomy yeah. and grim. Um, we're going to talk about how things have changed in the last few weeks. Uh, obviously, looking back on that derby game, Garbs, you were in the away end. And from where we were sat, it looked class in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excuse the uh, croaky voice. I'm just, just about getting me. Uh, and this, getting this is voice. Fun, <laughs> just about getting. You my just voice got back. in, haven't you? You just oh, come right. in now from the <laughs> from the match. It was uh, it was a big day for for, for, for Borough all round, really, from start to finish. Um, result was brilliant. Performance to match, and uh, and a cracking atmosphere in the away end too. Um, one of the well, probably the best performance on the pitch. Um, this season and, and, and certainly the best away game off the pitch too that, that I've enjoyed so great great weekend um, just you know, got to follow it up now you, on, on you, you go you know, home and away as we say each week how has it changed in the away end in the last few weeks because I noticed at Bristol City and you know whether it was more relief of the winning a must win game but it seemed at the end of that game that at long last you know, there was almost this collective feeling of we might be on to something here and that, and that continued I mean mm. the full time celebrations at Derby Kind of really felt like felt like it, you know, something was happening all at once. Yeah, um, I mean the way the borough away are always are always good no matter what. Going through this season, it's been you know we just enjoyed the, the, the away games for what they are, not without ever really expecting anything to to materialise with this season. But I think certainly after the Bristol home game and then on Derby on Saturday, it was it was it was you know. Change. I think we've mentioned it a couple of times. On it's it's changed from probability, uh, you know, possibility to to probability now. And I think fans are, are really gearing up for a, a hot end to the season. I mean, the position they're in now it'd be disastrous. If yeah, it, it, it's funny. I mean, the landscape has changed completely in the space of a fortnight. Uh, you mentioned the Sheffield United game there. Well, that that was a disastrous night because not only did Borough lose and fail to perform against one of their rivals, but every single result went against them that night. And you came away thinking, you know, we were going into that run of tough games against big rivals and thinking that the, the team still had that massive fatal flaw that they couldn't beat sides around them. And then you fast forward to uh, the, the Bristol game where uh, after that game they could have been anywhere between 5th and 10th. And I think, I think most people were genuinely surprised that to come away after the rest of the results went the right way again to find suddenly we're in 5th mm. in pole position in the driving seat. The good thing about Derby is they went there, it was the highest stakes possible, and they delivered. Mm. And that's the first time, I think, all this, this season where they've done that in such an emphatic mm. style and done it over 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes as well. It, it was, it was a, you know, when, when the, the questions were being asked, they, they did it. They delivered, they uh, put in a very good performance, they had good balanced, uh, strong at the back, created chances, you know. Uh, and it, it was a, it was the time when if typical borough was going to emerge, it would have been that day. Yeah, I think what's key now for for you know I'm sure 
that Pulis enjoyed the victory on Saturday. I'm sure the players did. Um, but I guarantee yesterday morning it would have been nothing's achieved yet. We're not in the playoffs yet because the pendulum can, can quite quickly swing like we've seen. You know, and a result against you know against Boris Favour tonight at Pride Park and a a bad day at the office on Saturday, and all of a sudden you 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 neck and neck with four, four five, six teams again and. Uh, you know, it's, it, but they need to stay focused and they've got a big game on, on, on Saturday against Millwall and they need to get the job done. You know, The thing I've noticed in the last couple of days is, is Neil Harris, for example, was, has said that he thinks Borough are now nailed on for a top six finish. Gary Rowett was almost suggesting afterwards, after the game as well, that you know his focus now is only on getting sixth place. If the teams below are realising that and, and a kind of, you know, Rowett talked about how Borough are, uh, are finding momentum at the right time, blah, blah, blah. Villarreal will realise that as well, won't they? Because a couple of weeks ago, Villarreal have probably been looking and thinking, if we finish fourth, it doesn't matter who finishes fifth, because we've been, you know, the rest of the teams have been that hit and miss and, and that poor all season. That's why there's this gulf in, in class and, 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 and the, the huge gulf in points. But suddenly, Borough looked like a team who you wouldn't fancy playing in, in the playoffs. No, I mean, even when Borough were looking as outsiders to get in the top six, I felt that the kind of team, bear in mind that Borough will probably have home advantage first. The time, the kind of team who would keep it tight, maybe it's just take a one-goal lead somewhere. And I think if you go into a playoff semi-final second leg with any sort of lead, it's it's pressure, huge pressure on the home side, particularly a team that's been a front runner like a Fulham. I mean, Fulham will be desperate to avoid a repeat of the last couple of seasons, won't they? Where they've, you know they missed out when everyone was tipping last last season. Certainly, everyone was tipping them to fly through the playoffs. Um, I, I, no one, the old cliche. No one, no one will fancy playing Borough, but it's true because you know Borough lost Patrick Bamford for a huge game at Derby County, and we're able to pick a fifteen million pound striker. It's it's a huge advantage in this situation. You know, Borough had Grant Ledbetter injured or suspended recently. They had an Adam Clayton to come in. You know, and he was out. He was outstanding, wasn't he, at Derby? You know, Borough do have quality in the squad, and I think the league position this season has masked that a little bit. Um, you know, I think people are kind of looking at the squad and think, well, it's not that good. I think most managers, even after the season Borough have had, would still love to have some of those players in their squad and you know available for selection. But you, you know, couldn't argue with Harris, could you? When he said with the summer investment, there should be challenges. Oh, no, I think we are. I'd, I'd say that it's been you know if Borough don't go up this season, whatever happens, it'll have been a big disappointment. I think we all, personally, I did at the start of the season thought Borough would be one of the two teams at the top pushing. And if they didn't finish in the top two because there was there was some real stiff competition, I think Borough have generally underperformed, and I think we're just starting to see now. I think what is critical and what we've seen all season, we've all talked about it. When Borough played the, the lesser teams, if you want to if you want to put it like that, they've been good enough to put them to bed. And in the past, we've maybe you know seen examples when that hasn't been the case. The problem's been, of course, all season is beating the teams above and around Borough. Well, they're starting to now, you know, get that bad habit out of the way at a really good time. I thought Saturday was terrific. I thought the fans were terrific. It felt like every all ducks were all of a sudden in a row. The team shape worked well. Everyone seemed to be understanding what what the game plan was. I do think the fans had a massive part to play on Saturday. You saw the team walk out in a hostile environment. I like Pride Park, and you're looking across, and there's that big, you know. More than a corner, but it looked fast with the white and red yeah, as well. You know, the Borough, had, Borough was... had a big, big area. You know, I think it was the south end, southeast stand. There were three thousand fans in there. When you're a player walking out on a pitch in a hostile in- environment, it must give you a lift when you think you know you can hear your fans, you can see them. You know, it must you know? Can you imagine 
you know, best will in the world if that had been a Millwall in the middle of the season going to Derby. There'd be 150 fans in there, and I know mm. it's a probably a bad example because they're doing well, but but it's got to be a bonus. Well, Millwall have sold or had sold as on Monday, I think, 900 tickets for Saturday, which probably wasn't helped by the uh, by the half five kickoff. Um, what has changed then on the pitch? Bristol City and Derby since since that <clears throat> dreadful and I mean that that result that performance sorry Sheffield United the first half was as bad as it's been all season mm. it was as bad as it was under you know in the low points under Munger yeah, we said it was season. like Bristol away didn't yeah it? it was it was as bad as Bristol City and the Millwall game I and mean, we said this morning that Neil Harris talked about how uh, Millwall beat Borough in December but we'll come up against a completely different side won't they on Saturday mm. um, but what has changed what has been a noticeable dif- uh, differences um, I think. Vic, Vic mentioned it earlier but Borough have shown in patches and spells and flashes throughout the season that they can do it but have, it's only been really the last two games the last two weeks where they've been able to sustain a high level of performance throughout a 90 minute match um, and that's key you know the, it, being able to, to to go throughout a full game and, 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 and dominate the game like they have done against you know the, the, the last two fixtures um, I, I personally think that um, when Ledbetter was out injured, Borough were doing well. He came back in, but a bit of a sticky patch, and then obviously you know he got suspended again. And we've won the last two fixtures with Adam Clayton in the middle of the park. I think I've mentioned on this podcast a few times throughout the season. I think the balance is better when Clayton plays. It allows Besic and Housen to go forward and and support the lone striker, uh, which is crucial in the system that they do. Um, obviously, the emergence of Triore the second half of the season has been a big. A big, a big season-defining uh, bonus for Borough, um, and I think Pulis is just starting to, you know, it, it, it's obviously he's coming in and, and he's only made one signing that, that, that really plays. Um, so he's got a squad full of players that, that are not really his players he's never, never worked with before, and maybe it's taken him sort of, you know, two, three, four months to get them drilled and, and, and playing and understanding the way that he wants them to play and, and carrying out the roles that. That, the, that he's wanting them to um, and I think we, we are really sort of starting to see that now every single player knows exactly what he wants, wants them to do you can see that in the way they play can't you I don't think you should underestimate by the way so the, 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 the key moments going your way or not going your way you know that, that, that stupid header early on on Saturday yeah, it was Bradley Johnson I think wasn't it that, that, that goes another yard to his left and he's, he's, he's given Derby the lead and the whole you know the whole season can change, and whether you say that's luck or whether that's buried it just enough to defend that situation, you can you can put it how well. At this time of the season, it's all about making the most of the breaks when they go your way, and I think that's what Burr are doing now. You know that if Derby taken the lead in that situation, who knows how the game would have turned out? But they didn't, and Burr were good enough to exploit that and to 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 to, to make them pay for for missing that big chance. But if you're looking at moments like that, I thought I thought uh, friends equalised against Bristol City because. Mm-hmm. Um, Borough had started slowly and had they gone in at half time still 1-0 down or had Bristol City almost been given a chance to just shut up shop and start to frustrate then then the atmosphere in the Riverside could have turned to a bit mm. of frustration but as soon as Fred equalised there they kicked on didn't they? I think Borough, Borough were up even when Bristol City you know, went 1-0 up I thought Borough dominated that game from start to finish I think every department now is comfortable and the balance is right and that's partly to do with the same team roughly playing week in week out uh, change, you know, changing tack in mid-season can be a very big risk because you're introducing areas of uncertainty, bringing in new players uh, a new system a new tempo and that when, when you, you drill players to play in a certain way then suddenly ask them to change 
in in the high pressure situations, they sometimes revert back to what they what they've been drilled to do, uh, while other players around them are doing something different. And it's those little fractional moments where you win and lose games. And I, I think uh, the template that Tony Pulis has stamped on the, on the team is starting to really bed in now. Uh, they're stronger at the back. Uh, they score goals. I think they. Is it 12 games now since Borough haven't scored? Yeah, yeah we mentioned it on the. Every match yeah. since Cardiff, is it, yeah, that they've yeah. scored? Uh, and that, that breeds a confidence. You know, if, if you know that your defence is, is rigid, and if you know that you've got a goal in you, and you know that if you score first, you tend to win, I think that gives people that little extra edge. And it, it probably probably plays against the opposition team as well the opposition team will know that Borough can score mm. and if they do score we've got a real problem then you have the the tactical uh, poser that you, you give the opposition with Traore and there's no getting away from that uh, even on days when he isn't at his best he terrifies the opposition defence he forces them into making tactical changes and if they're making tactical changes that introduces areas of uncertainty in the opposition, and I think that's what's happened is that that those fine margins that you know that, that managers talk about, I think the balance has swung the other way now, and the fine margins in the borough half, I think the, the areas of uncertainty have been ironed out gradually, and I think it's the opposition now who have got those areas of uncertainty. What the hell is Triari going to do? You know, uh, where's Ayala at this free kick? And that's forcing other teams to make changes. I mean, the cleverest single thing that Tony Pulis did, taking over, and you look at back, back now, and if he doesn't do it, I don't think Borough finishing the top six, is decide that he's more excited about what Adama Traore can do than what he can't do. Mm. And he took a punt. We all said, didn't we, after Bristol City away, um, well, there's one player who will not feature in the new manager's regime, and that'll be Adama Traore. He's finished as a Borough player. He's had so many chances, he's not taken them. I remember speaking to some of the lads at Bristol, who were at Bristol City and they're saying, they say, well, that's him gone, that's him done now, that's his chances, blown it. And Tony Pulis has come in and done that thing that a clever manager does and thinks, right, who can win me football matches? And he's seen, you know, we have, we've all seen it in, in little bursts, haven't we? But he's seen it and think, right, I'm prepared to put up with the moments where he, he, he goes AWOL or, he, or he, he runs into a blind alley because... Two or three times he gets it right will be enough to beat teams, and that's proven time and time again. It's the way he rode that tackle derby was brilliant. Doesn't, doesn't that also play into the thing about tightening the defence up? Yeah. Because with Ryan Shotton behind him rather than an attacking fullback, those areas of uncertainty behind him have, have been pretty much eliminated. So when his erratic nature, if you like, isn't causing a problem every single game because yeah. there's something solid behind him there's a platform there to allow him to express himself I think the thing is here we're talking about almost looking back at the difference the, 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 the changes Pulis made um, you forget that you know a couple of weeks ago Sheffield United was one of the worst performances of the season at Burton Borough were dreadful and deserved nothing um, at Brentford it was very much a defensive show and a settle for a point. So, so although we're talking about the change we made, I think more specifically it's what's happened in the last couple of weeks because going in that Bristol City game, it was all or nothing. If you'd lost that, you'd have gone to Derby, chins would have been down and you'd have been looking at it. So, so if you look at it the last few weeks, I think Traore's got back on some because when he came back from international duty, yeah. as Pulis touched upon, he was contained by Forrest to a certain extent. Mm. Um, he was very quiet at Burton. 
wasn't he? And then, and then there was another game. Sheffield United took off at half time. So I, I think against Bristol City, he looked back to himself. Set pieces, I know um, Borough have always made a big thing of set pieces, but suddenly they're scoring a lot more prolifically. I mean, Vic, you've done a piece saying that they scored 11 since, yeah. since Pulis came yeah, in. Yeah, 11 out of the 33 goals. But is... five have been in successive games. Yeah. So five have come in three games, and then six came in three and a half, four months before that. And the other one, Gabs, what you touched upon is, is Adam Clayton. I think he's given... I think for me, one of the big things in the second half at Derby was not just how many chances Borough were creating, but how they were falling in the midfield. As Bessage scored one and should have scored the second when he mm. shot wide in the box. Housen hit the bar. Mm. There was a time when <coughs> Borough's midfielders aren't, aren't popping up in mm. those areas. Yeah. They're not the ones getting those chances. As, as much as... I, uh, we speak about balance and you know you, you can pick three of the best midfielders in world football and put them in, in, in the midfield but if, if the balance and the chemistry if the chemistry is not right it doesn't work it doesn't function in, in, in a team and in an 11 um, and as much as I like Grant Ledbetter's will to win his leadership qualities on the pitch uh, you know Grant Ledbetter likes to get forward and, 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 and support you know as, as Bessic and Houston do too so I think it's a little bit muddled when the three of them play you know, Besic naturally wants to go forward. He's been told by Pews to go forward, but you know when he looks about and he sees Housen and Ledbetter up, he feels as though he's got to drop back. And I think it's disconnected. Whereas Adam Clayton is very, very good at what he does. I don't think you're under- underestimating what what the, the difference Alan made on Saturday. He was virtually playing as the bottom of a pip- midfield diamond. Mm. Pop- he, reading the game, he was stepping out. Yeah. That, that's why I think Derby found it so hard to create. Ben was sitting back, Ayala was pushing mm. out outside the eight. It's a bit of a gamble, I suppose, if you're not confident that you're going to make the ball. Mm. But time and again, Ayala, down. Ayala, Ayala, making that challenge, <laughs> reading, cutting out the pass. And to me, that he was almost playing as a midfielder, mm. a deep midfielder for me on Saturday. What did we make of the penalty? Um, I don't think it would have been given as a penalty if it was on 70 minutes. Because oh, I, I was sat next to Jeff Winder in the press box, and in the first half there was a, a corner, and Jeff had said, "You know, watch Ayala. You know, be be careful with the arms. Be careful with the arms. You, you're going to get caught. The referee, you know, you're going to get done." One of these the days, he's going to so, get. So caught. you wonder if if the referee saw him do it four or five times, saw it later on, and thought, "You know what? I've seen you do it half a dozen times now. I'm, I'm going to have to punish you." I, he has to be careful, doesn't he? I, I don't think it was a penalty personally. I've, I've seen it in slow motion from a couple of angles. And I, don't, I don't think it was a penalty. I think it was. 50-50, both bodies were together and they both fell over. I'm surprised not, not more hasn't been made about the original penalty shout, friend on Vidra. Mm, I haven't seen it. The, 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 the championship, the ball, it? Yeah. yeah, the championship yeah. didn't show the replay of that one and I, I've yet to see it again. Mm. Fair play to Gary Rowett, he didn't make a big fuss about it, did he? The only point he made was, mm. why would somebody go down in that position when he's clean through on goal? Mm. But I don't think he'd had a good look at that. But from, from, my, from my angle and a few people around me, we all said, that was a tight one. You, you, you talked about the midfield there about Clayton and, and Ledbetter, mm-hmm. and and it's interesting because you're talking about Clayton or Ledbetter, given Bessic and House and that license to roam. But you're saying that Ledbetter likes to move forward. So is it not a case of Clayton starts and Ledbetter's almost in the mix with the other three, the three yeah. battling for two of the more advanced midfield? That's, that's exactly how I see it. Yeah, and at the minute, I mean, I don't know whether whether you guys. Well, Clayton starts ahead of Bessic. Well, Clayton. No, well, no Clayton. Well, as the holder, Clayton plays as the holder, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's his job. That's, that's his, his job. That's yeah. what he's good at. But it's seen as though at the minute there, there seems to be this Clayton, Clayton or Ledbetter. Yeah, yeah, is it? Is it yeah. Clayton 
and then Ledbetter or House and all that. I mean, I, I, I've said for, for months and months and months that he, he starts every game for me, Clayton, and then it's up to the other three to jostle through the two positions. I don't know whether you agree, but I think I think Johnny Alston plays a lot better than he does. Um, he, he plays a lot better when he's got Adam Clayton behind him. Um, he likes to go forward and support, and I, I think he's, he's more adventurous when Clayton plays, and we see the best of Johnny Alston when Clayton plays. Mo Besic is quite clean, you know, more natural going forward and supporting. He's good with his feet, he can run with the ball. Isn't he? Yeah, so it's just an over I mean, Coming back to what you said earlier on about Adama Traore being back on song, I think there's a case to be made that Mo Besic is back on song as well yeah. because he had a couple of very flat games when he came back from international duty yeah. and that did leave a marked... Uh, Lack of intensity in the midfield, uh, and he the last two games he's been. It was I don't think it's a coincidence that those players, um, all almost all simultaneously started to look a bit jaded because I think I might have said hardly any of them had played any football when they, when they came to Borough. Besic hadn't, um, Adama Traore hasn't played a full season before for a long time. He looked tired, didn't he? Especially you know he didn't really come in. T- Obviously, he'd been involved up until Christmas, but he's playing start after start after start. And so those kind of players, your messages and people like that, Triori, one or two others, I think it was just inevitable that they might have a lull. It's just unfortunate for Borough that they seem to have it at the same time. And I wonder if that's something that Tony Pulis has taken notice of and perhaps just given them a bit of a break. Yeah. And both went away on that in National Junior. I mean, really, mm-hmm. with Besic. Because Pulis does, he took him off, didn't he? And, and, and 60, 70 minutes, wherever it was at Derby. Yeah. That, that fortnight off would have probably done him good, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Had he not been aware of that. What you'd like to think and hope now is that, you know, definitely two, potentially five games to go, is that the adrenaline as a professional footballer now, with what, what, what got the gauntlet that you've got set out in front of you and the possibilities available to you now, is that the adrenaline's just going to kick them on and, and, and push them over the line now. You know, this, this must be like. As a, as, a, as a footballer now, you must look at this and just think, this is what, like, this is what I'm a professional footballer. Well, Pulis has been trying yeah. to get at that, hasn't I know. it? I mean, emotion, emotionally, it's quite an intense period, but if you look at the actual the games, uh, they don't really come that thick no, and fast. You know, Borough playing pretty much a game a week, apart yeah. from the semi-finals where one's quite hot on the heels of the other. The, the playoff final isn't until May the 26th, I think it is. So we sat here in April, it's a full month to play... Yeah. Hopefully five games. It's it's not a it's not an onerous schedule by any stretch. But obviously mentally, it, it'll take take yeah. its toll. Particularly the the, the playoff semi final. But I mean, if Borough can get done and dusted um, against Millwall, then you've got you can't think Ipswich. Well, you might you might decide to rest one or two. Depending on how important you think the battle for four, fifth and sixth is. Mm. If that's still up for grabs, you might be wary about that. But. You, you might just take an opportunity to rest one or two of the key players and think, right, okay, he's looking a bit jaded. He's, you know, he's players like Ben played so much football. Um, it, it, would he be do give him a shot, send him away for four, four, five shot, you know, shot break to Marbella or something like that? Which which other managers have done in the past? Uh, Karanka did it, didn't he, a few times when he saw a player just start right, the well, show sign. Marbs, Karanka. Oh, he was in Marbs, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, that, that, that might be an option. I don't know if Tony Pulis is to send them to Marbella for a few days, kind of manager. It might be more uh, uh, Catrick for a workout on the army assault <laughs> course. But, you know, um, it's going to be really interesting this year, and it's different from the last time we competed in the Championship uh, playoffs. Is the, 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 like you mentioned, I think there, Phil, that the difference in time between the second leg of the semi-finals and the final—twelve days, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a big spell. That and mm-hmm. if you if you if you're if you're bouncing, you just sort of 
you know, you've got the momentum and you you just want to play a semi final and you're at Wembley. You almost, you'd almost go and play it the next day, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, a, so that's a lot of build up into yeah. it and, and yeah. handling the emotions and all that. I mean, who was it? Was it Huddersfield yeah. last season who put a weakened team out on the last day and got beat? It's, it's somebody dangerous to do. And, and actually, clearly they got away with it because, or, or they got promoted. So whatever you do mm. and you get promoted, fine. But I always think that's a bit of a risk. You know, well, I think this is switch back on element too. You can't. It's, yeah. it's difficult. You know, yeah. It's like you want you want to almost keep players. At a certain level of intensity, mm. without obviously draining them emotionally and physically, you don't want to kind of have one foot on the beach. Mm. But it's, so I think it's a difficult balancing act. I think I go back to what I'm saying about the schedule. It's almost too slack. Well, but but Borough's potential possible um, uh, opponents in, in in the playoffs is Aston Villa, and it's going to be an interesting one to see how they perform over the, the last couple of weeks of the season because they've been nailed on. They can do playoffs. They can't go. They can't go. They're not going to drop out the playoffs. So what do they do? Do they go hammer and tongs for the last two games? Does he rest? But then, if you rest players and and, and their mindset drops ten percent, to then say right, it's playoff fight, it's playoff semi final time, switch back on. It's tough. I'm worried about. I I don't want to see Borough put in another Sheffield United, Brentford away kind of performance between now and the playoffs because they they could do that and still get in the playoffs. But I think. Mentally, that's damaging. I think I'd like to think we're all in a position when the first leg of the playoffs, if Borough hopefully get there, where we're thinking they're going into that on the back of several good results. You know, came back to beat Bristol City, really good performance against Derby, put Millwall to bed at home, um, routine victory over uh, Ipswich on the final day of the season. It'd be nice to think you could suddenly say there's 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 signs there that Borough are in form going into the playoffs rather than it's three steps forward and then the odd one back. So, I mean that Ipswich game. Um, we don't know as yet as to whether how much how much how much will be riding on it. But and, and God, I don't want to tempt fate with this. It, if you were to pick a perfect fixture at the minute, that'd be right up there because yeah. not only not only are they uh, not only can they not influence you know anything in terms of league position and they're going to finish twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, but. The season can't end soon enough to get this whole McCarthy thing completely mm-hmm. over and done with. The, the fellow who's in charge at the minute has made it clear that he's only stepping in until the end of the season, that there's the uncertainty over the manager. So you are in a, a pleasant position there, regardless of whether you need to win to guarantee yourself a place in top six, or you need to win to hopefully build on the momentum of a win over Millwall. Mm. I think it's a huge boost that Mick McCarthy is in, in charge for his last yeah, game. I agree. Because I think he'd have them up against the wall, threaten them to kill them. If they didn't go out and finish the season with a performance, well, and the word is that the players and were if, all on McCarthy's side, yeah. and, and if, they'd have wanted to put yeah. in one final show. It, it feels like they, it feels like at the moment they're literally on the beach already. Oh, yeah. um, the, as you said, the caretaker manager. They've even scheduled this 40th anniversary of the FA Cup victory over Arsenal on the same day as the match. So it's mm-hmm. going to be happy, clappy, wavy end of season. Um, sure, they'd want to finish with a decent performance, but really, it's all on. You know. You know, you do have you do sometimes suffer when you play a team that's got nothing to play for. But all all the signs are that there's no way Ipswich should be giving Borough a torrid time on on May the sixth. Especially if we've got something to play for, you know. Mm. I remember going to Sheffield Wednesday a couple of seasons oh, ago when they had to the win season, the steel. To win, oh. Honestly, we were. Uh, they might, they might as well have had the flip flops on Borough that day. <laughs> was, well, they did, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, not like they were on, they were so on the beach; it was yeah. unbelievable. That's the that they're the fixtures you want, aren't they? Yeah. Later on, just quickly, um, we'll do a we'll do a longer, more designated, more specific pod, pod on this at the end of the year on, on players of the year. But um, Ramsden's put out their six candidates. Now, apologies for this because I've written them down when I've come in, and I, I can only got five. So they've got Randolph Traore, Bamford, Ayala, Sombolonga, 
And who was the sixth? Stewie. Stewie, right. Um, it, I can't remember a season where it's been as difficult to, to yeah. think of yeah. a player of the year. It, it's, it's the player of the year bit that's problematic because obviously Adama has been the explosive, eye-catching, uh, sexy individual that's got people excited, but he hasn't done it over the course of a year. It's the year bit that's the problem. If at Christmas uh, you'd have been drawn up the list, it probably would have had Cyrus Christie and Fabio on it. Mm. Yeah. So, so what do you do, you, do? do you judge it on impact? Or Lo Traore well, hasn't done it for a full season? Well, it's impact in the yeah. second half. Your most consistent six, seven, eight out of ten players, probably Darren Randolph and Ben Gibson for me. They're the only two players really on that list who have had a steady season from start to finish. Sorry, 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 not on the list. I, uh, um, I know Ben's not on this list. Two players who've, who've had a kind of a pretty steady season. I mean, Ayala, discussed before, had, has had great performance against Derby. He's been very good second half of the season, but he was getting pelters earlier in the season. And, you know, he was he, in and out. It was, he wasn't, he wasn't, for seven it wasn't even in the team for the first... You know, it was, yeah. Dale Fry was the regular, wasn't yeah. he? Well, his season started with yeah. a shocker against Wolves, didn't it? Exactly. Give one on the list. No. no. So, and then you've got, you've got players like Trier, who you, you couldn't seriously consider before January, frankly. You've got Stewie, who would probably win it if it was decided on the 1st of January, because yeah. he was great first half of the season, defied his critics... But as I think it's been really overshadowed by Triori is the, yeah. the most important attack. Even, even Stewie, you, you would say that over the course of the season, he's been shifted around from one position to another. Yeah. He's had three-week spells where he's been really good, then they've moved him somewhere else, yeah. and he's had three weeks where he's been lacklustre and not really in from his yeah. games. So he's had a very, very patchy season too. Stewie got a disabled sports player, didn't he? Did he? But I mean, a Samba longer. Again, you think he, he hasn't played in the second half of the season, he's been a bit part figure. I, I, I read before we came in here that he's a goal away from, from matching his best ever Championship tally, and you think, well, mm. you know, he's, he's top scorer. If, if someone at a seven, you come in a, a Samblonga and get 15 goals, you'd have thought, well, I'd hope Sorry, for 20. I, yeah. But if mm. someone had said he'll get 15 goals and he'll only start mm. games for the first half of the season. Yeah, well, that, the, the thing is, come, God, was it November? He was on for 20 then, wasn't he? He had 12 but before the end of November. Yeah. He scored so, two against Birmingham. They were the last ones, that was the, the, the start know, of the massive gap, wasn't at it? At the time, they were thinking it was on 30 goals yeah, a season. Yeah, I know, I know. So who would it be if you, if you, had, to, if you had to pick oh, one now? It's really tough. I'd, I'd, just without dodging the question, I'll come, I'd be really interested to know who the players' player of the year was. If you talk to them and say, look, who's been... Who's been the man all season? Mm-hmm. Who's just been steady? I bet, they, I bet they've got a lot of time for Stewie yeah. within the dressing and, room. And by the same criteria, about you mentioned the six or seven out of ten every week, Johnny Housen's got to be with the show. He's one of the few people that's been a fixture right the way through. Uh, he had a slow start, but then has got to the point where he's completely reliable. Uh, maybe not yeah. spectacular, but he's there every week, in and out, working, working his nads off, and, and he, he's got to be up there. Uh, I think the Ramsden's thing is based on the number of player of the year, player of the match, man of the match awards yeah. that you've, you've clocked up. Yeah. Which obviously that that mitigates to you know strikers. Yeah. Bamford had his, his spell where he was scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. Uh, Triori's been the match winner, so they obviously get clocked up. Yeah. The players' player tends to be someone who's uh, the most efficient in their position mm. and most reliable mm. in their position and that, that rewards it's a, it's who's a top of the stars? 
at Traore. Traore. I'd be tempted to say, um, based on the fact that, like, like, like a referee, like a good referee, you never really mention a goalkeeper unless he's having a rick. I think Randolph's been as steady as anybody. It'd be very, very, you know, in terms of just a player who's rarely made a mistake. I know he's had a couple of slight clearances, but over forty-six league been games, very solid and cup ties yeah. and what have you. I think he's been, I think he's been fine. Um, and you wouldn't, you know, I don't think you'd have too many arguments if you named him. But the, the emotional choice will be someone like a, you know, you could argue a, 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 the Triori argument is the same argument where Steven Gerrard's the man of the match in the European Cup final that they won. In the first half, I think the whole team, including him, were dreadful. They were absolutely awful. Yet without him in the second half, they don't win the European Cup. So do, do you say the same thing about Borough? Forget what Triari didn't do in the first half of the season. If he doesn't do what he does in the second half of the season, Borough don't touch wood finish in the top six and who knows, go on to win promotion. So it, there's a lot of different ways of approaching it. You know, just going back to what you said there, Vic, I mean, I don't think that you can, I don't personally think you can give him a shout for, for player of the season, but Johnny Elkson's a funny one with regards to the, his, his performances because I think he's been, I think he's, I think he's very under, been underrated yeah. by Borough fans this season. I mean, he's had, I think he's had a cracking probably last three quarters managers like him I bet the managers, the managers like do. him but you know what he did have a, a sticky slow start and I think because Borough fans you know, got, got into the mindset that Borough hadn't started the season well he carried that tag for a long time yeah. even though his performances were probably meriting more, more, you know, more than what he was actually being given it took him a long time to, t- to shake that he's been a waste of money that tag and if you factor in the fact that there was Three, four, five, six tactical changes, formational yeah. changes in the first two months. Mm. It's pretty difficult for any player to be consistently good mm. when you're moving from a four-two-three-one, four-three-three, three-four-three, four-four-two, whatever it was. I think it's. I think fair play to Johnny Alston for you know just getting his head down, yeah. as you say. And, and uh, do you know what? I, I thought Alan Forshaw gave us some insight when in that interview when when he spoke at his first Leeds press conference and he said that there was almost too much competition. And you'd play well one week, and the next week you'd be yeah. out. It was clear. Well, it's immersive, isn't it? That Monk yeah. was a manager who shuffled them around too much. Yeah, yeah. So who would be yours then, Gabs? If you were, if you had the big one, yeah. Triori. Yeah, I think I'd go Triori because I think if 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 Borough finish in the top six, they finished in the top six because mm. the second half of the season yeah. and the impact in the yeah. second half of the season. He's been the man. I think. He, I think Can I just shout up for Danny Ayala, who I think has been absolutely staggeringly good. Both as a man mountain defender and seven goals in 22 games since, since New Year's Day yeah. is quite spectacular. It's a good second half of the season, yeah. isn't it? And if you think about the number of games that Borough have won because of set plays, you've got to say he's every bit a, a match winner as Triori has mm. been. Triori could get player of the season and young player of the season. Yeah, yeah. How old is he? 22. 22. <laughs> Uh, and finally, before we wrap up, um, the playoff picture. Obviously, this was recorded before Derby uh, play Cardiff, weather permitting, as Neil Warnock said. I just want that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's our take on that sixth spot now? Uh, well, fifth and sixth spot. Borough, look, Borough have got themselves in a position that you'd have absolutely snapped someone's hand up for a couple of weeks ago. I mean, Vicky and have been rattling on about Brentford all week, yeah. and the fact that. They're now a point back, or they were a point back, mm-hmm. and they've got Barnsley and Hull to play. I know it's hard to say because this is before the Derby Cardiff game. Well, what, what, what do you reckon? Well, Brentford have got the form, they've got the momentum, and they've got two of relatively general fixtures. So for me, I think Brentford, it's theirs to win. Who did Millwall finish with? <coughs> Borough, Villa. Yeah. 
so it's a tough running could be Brentford I think Derby if you look at Derby you can feel the belief's gone well Derby you've got Cardiff Filler as well this is, this yeah. is, so if we put this up this is going out on Wednesday yeah. Yeah. Derby 4 Derby 4 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just basing on what I saw on Saturday it felt like and even the way Gary Rout was talking and I thought he spoke really well and really honestly it felt like Derby have accepted that they're not going to do it the fans seem to have accepted it I thought there would be more of a reaction to Borough's win, actually, from the Derby fans on the side. It was almost as though, well, we knew they were going to lose this game It anyway. seemed to me that everyone there, from fans to the reporters in there, to the players the and to the manager, can't explain why on earth this happens every yeah. single year. And that's a worry when yeah. a manager says, well, I've tried something different, it hasn't worked. You can't think, well, if the manager doesn't know how to put it right, mm. nobody else can put it right. I thought it was interesting that you know, 3,100 Borough fans are singing, it's happening again. And there was a couple of sort of smittering to Derby fans joining in with us in there. It's Brentford, Borough, Wembley, is it? My, my old man, he, he's, he said um, before Derby, he, we were looking at the sort of playoff picture and, and he, he said Brentford. He said that he said in the final, Brentford, Borough final. Well, yeah, that, his prediction is Brentford, Borough final, but he said he'll de- he, he thinks they'll get in the top six. Oh, I, think what, I think what Borough need to do now is just forget about everybody else and just concentrate on beating Millwall on Saturday. <laughs> if we do, Tony, Tony Pulis, <laughs> <if we do, laughs> Tony Pulis textbook. No, it's, <laughs> I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's true, isn't it? If we beat Millwall on Saturday, but, yeah. it doesn't matter what anybody else does. Our job's done. So that's what Borough need to focus on. And then when, when we are actually in the playoffs. Then you can have a look and see who you might be playing. But who would you like to see in there, though? Would you put it in the stuff? Because it's going to be it's going to be probably Fulham, Villa, hopefully Borough, and one more. Isn't it? I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd say that you, my personal opinion would be you want Fulham up and out of it. Really? Because I think yeah, I, I think the whammy of Car- I think Cardiff will go up. I think yeah. Cardiff's fixtures are so kind. The thing is with again, the might have lost last night. I don't. We don't know yet. Yeah. But uh, I think Cardiff's last two games. The thing is with Fulham, Fulham right? Reading, maybe I think they'll I think they'll do it. Is last year Fulham mortared and then and then fell away in the playoffs. This year, they they since Christmas their fans will have been in a mindset we're going to go up automatically. And if they don't, another thing that I've mentioned to you guys a few times is with Borough being away in the second leg. I don't think you want to be going to a forty-two thousand Villa Park packed out hot atmosphere. Whereas you go to Fulham, you know. They're a good club, but you know it's not. It's not exactly a, a raucous atmosphere at, at Craven Cottage, is it? And See, I think you get, you get, you get, you get six thousand, six thousand tickets behind that goal as well. Yeah, I, I, th- I just think the thing with Villa, if you got them in a game, I know we're tempted to fear you, but if, if you were to beat Villa in the first leg and yeah. go there, there would be so much pressure on them. I fancy Borough if, if Borough at home, and obviously we're assuming here that Borough get in the playoffs. Generally, fancy Borough at home to, to beat whoever they play. I think that's their best chance of getting through the playoffs. To get somebody here, full house at the Riverside, maybe it's the Friday night match or even the Saturday evening, whenever it is. Yeah. And I think the place will be bouncing. <laughs> I'm dreading next week's try when we've been. <laughs> 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 we've got well, Pete against Millwall, and it's like, oh no, well, you, well, you won't be in it, that's for sure. Darby beat Cardiff 4 0 today, we're going to have to chop off the last 10 <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, cheers, fellas, thanks a lot, and thanks for listening.